Addiction is a serious issue, and we take it seriously. This is Road to Recovery with Yona Bud on 640 Toronto. And good evening and welcome on this Saturday night at 10 o'clock. It's a lovely summer evening, kind of chilly. Went from the shorts to sweatpants and uh, got some sleeves on while I was sitting out there watching the stars with my bride and my doggy. Hope you're all doing well and you're uh, managing uh, your way through the week. Uh, You know, like, I don't even know where to begin. You know, this pandemic has uh, really ruined things uh, for lots of people. I want to hear from you tonight. Just how are you feeling about this whole fourth wave and potential lockdowns? If you're frustrated, you're pissed off, you're angry, whatever, give me a call. 416-870-6400 or toll free 888-225-8255 or 225-TALK. And you can text me anytime if it's easier for you, 647 4 Eight eight zero zero eight six. Like to hear from you. Want to hear what's on your mind? How you're feeling about this potential new wave? And just in general about uh, how you're feeling with uh, about life these days. For me, I got to tell you, it's a little bit. It, it, I, I'm like I'm at the point, honestly, where I'm I'm kind of nauseous about the whole thing. You know, my my wife uh, Pumpkin, who uh, I, we talk to, you know, talk to all the time about you know what, what would be good on my show, and she says, you know, you need to talk more about the pandemic. And it's like I don't want to. Like I'm sick and tired of dealing with it but you know what i'm really not and and we need to help each other so the way to do that is i know it's difficult to call and i know it's hard for you to get your head around it but a simple call around how you're managing if you're angry whatever six four four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred or text at six four seven four eight eight zero zero eight six how you feeling about the pandemic how you feeling about this whole potential lockdown fourth wave double vaxxed not vaxxed just want to hear and uh, you can call us to vent or ask questions, and that's how we help other people. The board will be open all night. For me, this whole thing, I'm telling you, man, like even simple words like wave, right? Like I'm the kind of person that for my own anxiety and such, I really like the water. I like the sound of the waves. I like the sound of the water. I like the visual from the water and all that kind of stuff. So when you talk about a wave, and now I'm so sick of talking about waves, the last thing I want to do is go surfing. I don't know. I want to hear from Anthony from Mississauga. Hey, Anthony, how are you? How are you? I'm good, man. You know, like, I don't know if you feel the same as me, but people talk about waves and like the last thing I want to do is go to the beach, right? Yeah, I hear you. Like it's, it's so, if we get another one, it's going to just be such a downer. I think with all the kids going back to school, it's another scary thing because they're the facilitators of any germs. But, you know, the one thing that really frustrates me the most is all the victim blaming. Like we all got to get the um, the vaccine, which is fine. But I think they're not blaming the people that let it here in the first place. Like, we're not punishing the government of China for letting it out. I don't know. Rather than concentrate it all on us, maybe we'd all band together and feel like, okay, we are together on this. If they would start blaming the real people, you know what I mean? So you're, feeling, you're, you're kind of feeling like a victim and you want some justice from the bad guys, right? I get that. Like, I really get that. So how do you manage that through the day? Like, are you just angry all the time or do you find yourself every once in a while just thinking about how pissed off you are and where this came from and, you know, who might be responsible? Or is it, you know, what, is it consuming you or just, you know, something that fle- no, you know, fleets by every once in a while? Yeah, I joined the gym. I let it out on the bag a bit, lift the weight. That a boy. Yeah, that a yeah, boy. I, I just want life back to normal for everybody. I want everybody to be, you know, at peace and love. And, and we, we do got to band together, but it's kind of hard when, you know, I don't know. I just feel like a victim being blamed. You know, you got to get this. You got to get this done in order to travel. You got to get that done, which is fine. But I would also like 
the, the media to kind of like shift the blame towards, hey, you know, maybe you guys could have controlled it from the beginning. I told everybody this virus was going to get out of control because yeah. they didn't stop the borders. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. You're the, there's all, myself included, a whole bunch of people. I remember I was on another another radio station in, at the time when it first came out, and I remember my first show uh, was like in, I don't know, late December, beginning of January, and the show was called Everything China. And uh, I had some guys from here. I had a, a guest from here, and I had one plugged in from Hong Kong, and we were talking about this whole virus, and then you know, everybody was calling it the China virus, and then like you know 14 days later, you couldn't go to an, an Italian restaurant because it's the Italian virus. So, you know, I, I, you're right. I don't know I, I don't know how you get to the bottom of it, but we'd like to see, I think we'd all like to see some justice around um, how this all happened. But listen, dude, I'm really happy that you called and uh, I appreciate you listening to the show. I, I, I mean, are you, uh, are you, man like you've, can I ask you a personal question? If you, if you don't want to tell me, you don't have to, but sure, have no, you managed, I, have you managed to get vaccinated? I mean, you're talking about kids and stuff. So um, yeah, you and your family... Honestly, what I want to do is get the vaccine with the, within the original lot of time. All my family members have got it. Most everybody I know has got double vaccine. I right. want to get the Moderna twice with because yeah. they keep flip flopping, right? Within the right. original time, I will get it. But I mean, if I need a third one, if they're going to come up with a better one, I don't like a more modified version now with this new yeah. variant. I have no yeah. idea. So right yeah. now, I'm, I haven't been sick. I'm staying away from from any potentials, and if I am sick, I ain't going anywhere. So I'm still going to be responsible, even though I haven't gotten the vaccine. It's not like I'm whoopee doo do whatever. No, I'm very careful, and I'm considerate towards other people too, right? I appreciate that, man. I appreciate the call. Take care and uh, check back in with me maybe when you decide to get vaccinated. I want to know what's what's going through your mind. So, you know, there's these words like, uh, you know, we're talking about wave. And by the way, please, uh, you can see how easy it was for Anthony to call and chat. 416-870-6400 or 888-225-TALK. Text me if it's easier. 647 647- Four eight eight zero zero eight six, and you're listening to Yona Bud on Road to Recovery. The other words that I find really, um, really difficult for me, um, I think, are, are are really more around um, more around things like you know pivot. Like pivot for me used to be something you did when you played you know played a sport. You know, you move from one side to the other. That's what athletes do, right? So you know, even even the concept of pivoting right now doesn't doesn't even make sense for me. Um, and we're talking about you know words like lockdown. You know that used to be something we talked about when we were doing jail stories, stories of incarcerated prisoners. You know th- we were in lockdown because there was a problem in one of the in one of the in one of the blocks, right? And then you know words like surge. You know like a surge. For me, surge was something I'd worry about if something happened to my computer. I'd have a surge protector, right? I don't know. I don't know if I'm rambling here, but it's simple things for me. If I'm just focusing on the words, like I'm just, I don't know how you feel. I'd love to hear from you, though. 416-870-6400. want to hear where you're coming from so that, you know, we can share with others and see where their frustrations are. Mine's around just this whole thing. I don't think we're doing the right the right stuff here. Um, and we come back, I want to you know, continue to talk about this a little bit, if you're okay with it. Then we're going to get to a discussion about how this is impacting uh, young people today. But, um, you know, what, what about our politicians? Every time they announce this stuff, 
right? Every time they announce this stuff, it's like they don't realize they're pushing people into a, a worse state of mental health. Like, I don't know how many times we have to say, hey, like, ease up on this stuff, right? I'm not reporting or whatever, right? Like, ease up on it and let's give people a little bit of a breather because, you know, the, 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 the concept of, of suicide and, and drug overdose and indulgences like eating disorders and such, which we're going to get to when we come back in a bit here, you know, it, it's through the roof and we can't control it if we keep stimulating or, or triggering those that are suffering with it. So go take a break, use the bathroom, get a drink, do what you got to do, come back and visit because we have more of this stuff to do and it's only fun to do it with you. This is Yona Bud, 640 Toronto. You're listening to Road to Recovery with Yona Bud, only on 640 Toronto. Okay, welcome back. I believe we have another caller uh, just standing by. But before I to get to him, I want you to all understand something. It's not going to be normal. We're not getting back to normal. So it, it can't possibly be normal or it, it whatever normal looks like. And by definition, I'm not sure what that actually looks like. But, you know, normal, how do you be normal after, you know, a year and a half, almost two years off and on of this kind of stuff? We all have some level of post-traumatic stress. Like, it's been a traumatic stress for a lot of people. You know, many have lost family members. Many have missed weddings and funerals, God forbid, and things like that. So... If we're looking for normal, and that's how we're going to adjust our thinking that we're looking to get back to something that you're going to call normal, not sure what that's going to be. And uh, not with a lot of help and not with us trying to figure out all this, how we're going to work through this. I mean, you know, how, how do you feel about this stuff? Like, it's just enough, right? I want to hear from you, 416-870-6400 or 888-225-TALK. You can always text 647-488-0086. You're talking to Yona Bud. This is The Road to Recovery. And I believe we have Ryan on the line. How are you, Ryan? I'm all right, I think. And how are you? I'm okay, brother. What's going on? Have you had enough of this yet or what? I have, and I have frustrations, and I guess, and things like that as well. I just feel like I've come from a different route to get here to the same place as everyone else, because what I did at the start was, the minute I heard the word global pen, words global pandemic, I went and researched the Spanish flu religiously. I watched, I looked at, you know, a week or two weeks of studying this thing just to see what was happening and what we were in for. Right. And, uh... At that point, then I just went, "Uh oh, <laughs> like this is good. This is not good at all." Because you look back then, and there was what four billion people on Earth at that point, no air travel, but no vaccines, and it went two full years. Right. So everyone says up here, "Oh yeah, vaccines, vaccines are going to do everything." And I'm like, I don't know if they're going to because we've introduced air travel, and there's now eight billion people on Earth to spread this thing around. Did you, did you get uh, if I if I can ask you did you have you been uh, jabbed or are you waiting not, you're not waiting on it yet. I'm waiting I have kids one kid can't one kid is old enough but we haven't yet we've been able to avoid everything so far for the most part because same as that first caller I think it was the main thing is that I don't uh, I don't know that I'm by the time I'm ready to get one or need to get one I may be bypassing two or three different rounds so I don't have that going into my body and I will have you know, the the number, the, at the point I will have, the, you know, one shot in me as opposed to people having four and five. Who knows what's going to happen with it, right? So uh, is that is it holding you back? Like you've got little kids or big kids? Give me an idea of what's, uh, you said you have kids, so you sound like a young enough guy with school-age children, correct? Correct. Okay. And, 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 correct. and they'll do it online again. They did all year, last year online. They'll do it online again this year. Um, they said that, that you were calling from up north. How far? Like, are you rural, like super rural or just like no, a northern not crazy, city? Not crazy. It's cottage country. That's the problem for us. It's more of a cottage country. So, 
We yeah. have a we have an influx of people come, a moving here and b they're going back and forth to the city however many times a week and we got the people that are up here at all the Airbnbs and everything else. But here nor there, I guess the, my main thing is is that I'm getting I get frustrated now with so many people and the travel and everything else and everybody wanting third shots while you look at countries that have like three percent fully vaccinated. Yeah, and everybody just yeah. wants to go back. Like we were told from the very beginning, we were not going back to normal, but people right. don't understand that. Yeah, because you, you see, I, I think you know. Listen, I'm a media guy, so I can't really dump on my brothers and sisters in the media. But you know, we're, most of us only work with what we're, what's produced around the stories that are told. But for Correct. the most part, for the for the most part, um, I'm just taking the weight off of us. But anyway, you know what I mean. So, at the, but at the end of the day, it's you know, the the more we talk about it, and then we have these these new you know senses of colors that we're going to do, phases that we're going to, and once we're all vaccinated and we get to seventy percent things are going to be great so we got to 83 percent like it just seems to me and i'm you know i'm a pretty open-minded guy and not the least bit political it's just a bunch of crap like it just you know it, it seems like the you know we're getting close to an election which is another whole frustrating thing we can talk about well, but now you know and, and and rather than not focus now we're not going to focus on covid so much anymore we're going to focus on which one of the four monkeys are going to be you know voted into office um, the evil because right, right. The, the, to me, COVID needs to be respected like fire or water. Yeah. Good for it you. It needs to Good be respected because if we don't, we're in trouble. And I think we're already in trouble. Now, the thing is, I also found out was I went and did some research and found that it's virtually impossible for people to grasp that we're not going back to normal. It's a psychosis almost because yeah. when we encounter a trauma, for the most part in our lives, we've always encountered trauma that's temporary. Injury. You can, re- you can rebound. You could always re- could rebound. You always get through it. This is yep. not going back to normal, but people can't put that in their head. And the other thing, the last thing I'll leave you with to me is uh, I think the biggest problem is that we're perpetuating it with this push for normalcy. Yeah, I think we're so. We're just perpetuating it's- it. That's all we're doing. You know, part of, we're getting to part of our show here. We're going to get to is uh, in talking about eating disorders and such. And you know, you, you know, you talk about getting back to normal. The expectation of normal. You know, what do we think normal is? It's the same thing when we're looking at. You know, young people are looking at. You know, themselves in the mirror. You know, am I too fat? Too skinny? Too tall? Too short? So you know, it's all based on on how how we perceive or how we think others perceive us. And this whole concept of normal, like you know, everybody back in the office having a great time at the water cooler, going for beers and drinks and pizza after work. Like I don't think so, bro. Yeah, nope. And I, at the very start, I went through some a little bit of down. I didn't sleep a whole lot. There was a lot of nights I kind of stayed up most of the night, just couldn't sleep, did some research, did stuff. Um, got through that, and when I realized and dawned on it, to me, I was able to process that there's not going to be a normal, I just need the world to catch up. So now put this in perspective, that I have a spouse and a family, and the spouse is sort of not on the same side. Yeah, that, that must be... Normal's yeah. coming. It's just coming. It's just around the corner. And parents. Yeah, no, no. Normal's just right there around the corner. Don't worry. It's coming. Just got to get past it. So, Delta. I'm like, uh, Delta? Have you ever <laughs> seen Israel? Israel? Like, oh, everyone said Israel's the best. They've got their vaccination levels. I said, don't judge Israel. I said, give Israel seven or eight months. Then judge Israel. 
and look where and we are. And, and exactly. Well, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to leave you with this. You know, it doesn't. I don't want everybody to be in a down, miserable mood when they get off the show because they're not going to talk to me ever again or listen. But you know, I think we're talking about a new normal, actually. You know, Ryan, I think I think we're going to get back to an old normal, but I think there, there there's going to be some you know semblance of new normal, and I, I'm not sure what that's going to look like. But brother, I really appreciate the call, and I hope you and your family do well. And, and check back in with us. Let me know uh, what schools you know what 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 it's like once the kids you know the other kids in the neighborhood get back to school and you know some of the vacationers actually leave you folks back to your your quiet uh, serene environment although, although most of them are staying there and living there now but Ryan from up north, really appreciate the call. So, you know, I was reading an article from Emma T- uh, Title. I think that's how you pronounce her name, Title or Title. I hope she's listening, and I apologize if it's wrong. She's with Torstar, Toronto Star, and I like I like what she. I know I'm crazy about the paper all the time, but I like what she writes. And she says, "Getting vaccinated and back to normal. It's what we've been told for months, but it's not true." That even though the vast majority of Torontonians have had at least one dose of uh, COVID vaccine, vac- uh, COVID-19 vaccine, things are not normal. They reduced uh, the risk of hospitalization and so on, breakthrough infections, the hyper-contagious uh, Delta variants, and you know, political leaders refusing to do what's required to speed the, uh, to limit the spread amongst unvaccinated children and so on. We knew this virus was going to mutate and be a catchier variant. We, we all knew, and it was likely going to come around the fall, which is what's coming now. And there would be some lingering change challenges and such with vaccine uptake scientists but we all knew this like no one could expect that a hundred percent of the people are going to go yeah man stick me now i don't know am i crazy what do you think 416-870-6400-888-225 talk if you're calling long distance 647-488-0086 if you want to text me directly comes right to my desktop no one sees it but me so you know here's the big question if we all knew this kind of stuff was coming, if we were all expecting it, and, and our politicians and, and our you know people, the scientists and science tables, and what the hell is a science table? That's, that used to be where you know you put stuff on display at school when they had parent day, and there was like a section that was like the science table where the science kids put up you know little rockets and stuff that we built. I wasn't on the science table, but they built rockets and stuff, right? So. Not anymore. Science table or people are talking to us about, you know, what's happening, what's going on. Um, so there is a change in tenor, according to U of T Scarborough psychology professor. His name is Steve Jordans. And uh, he said the current mood of the people in the city still sees fear and frustration. Uh, that defines a particular chapter of the pandemic, starkly different one than the honeymoon phase of June and July when we thought everything was going to be great. I, I, just unrealistic expectations and you got and we got set up it's not like we didn't think it properly it's not like we didn't process it properly it's just that you know it just didn't doesn't work like this it's just not going to turn this way so we went through a process we were seeing vaccination numbers go up and deaths deaths and hospitalizations going down which they still are considerably down from where they were so all the personal vaccine you know all the personal battles that people have with vaccine resistant loved ones and frustrations into some you know something productive do something productive right while we're waiting you know through all of this can we once and for all retire the phase the phrase actually according to this article she says can we retire the phrase back to normal there's no magical shift to a life before there'll there'll be no big gum commercial bursts of joy i love that line she wrote ttc trains and office buildings are not going to fill up overnight covid19 will won't be a beat and a go anxiety and all that stuff's not going so fast uh, both foes are going to take time to get through this. And when we come out, I really believe it's going to be a different, a different thing, right? So if you're fully vaccinated and your friends aren't, right? 
how do you hang out with them? Are you able to hang out with them? Selena uh, Gallardo, she writes also for the Toronto Star. Um, not one of the ones I continually follow, but I read it. And she says, the scenario is now that, more, that Ontario has relaxed more rules and making plans with your friends and stuff, but some are vaccinated and some aren't. So before planning an outing with a friend, according to Jennifer Kwan, she's a physician, she says, determining any risk factors early by asking important questions like, do any of you have underlying conditions that could result in severe symptoms? Are you living with someone like, really? Like, honestly, I, I, I can't see how this is going to work, you know. going to ask everybody all these questions, and it's like, you know, I don't know. Have you had the HIV virus? I mean, have you, or have you been tested for STDs recently? I'm not sure we can have this conversation so easily. Honestly, I'm, I'm just not sure it's something we can have. It's not an easy conversation to have, but you certainly want to know, and even if you feel a little stuffy, stuffy and stuck up about saying, well, you know, can't really hang out because of this. There's other ways around it, right? So you can have barbecues, do things outside, take the kids to the park if it's a play date, do lots of things. And by the way, if you have people in your house and you're sitting in the dining room or living room and you got windows on all four sides of the house, just open the windows, let the air flow, right? So, you know, try to keep the, the activities, if you're indoors, to a bigger room with some airflow. It's not going to be the end of the world. But, you know, and hopefully your friends aren't just out there, you know, rubbing elbows and licking uh, the bottom of tables in a restaurant, right? Anyway, listen, for a lot of people, this is a really difficult time. For kids in particular, we're having a real problem with this silent killer, and it is a silent killer. It's eating disorders, you know. You see kids are too skinny or too heavy or too much or too little, too this, too that. It's it's really awful, and I really want to chat with you a little bit about it when we come back. Uh, go, so go do what you got to do. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, how this is affecting others. But we want to continue to hear from you, so please call 416 870 6400-888-225-TALK or 647-488-0086 if you're going to text me. want to talk about how this is affecting you, the new wave, fourth wave, whatever this is, whatever you're calling it, we want to hear from you. Yonabad 640, Toronto. Welcome back to Road to Recovery with Yonabad, only on 640 Toronto. Okay, welcome back. Thank you for joining me. This is Yona. We're in the studio with Loretta and Devon and uh, Corey overlooking it all, trying to make sure everything runs smoothly. So hi to everybody, and uh, we all want to send out our regards to you and say hi to everybody that's out there. Anybody celebrating something tonight? Love to hear from you. 416-870-6400. Let us celebrate with you. Birthday party, anniversary, something, anything. You just got divorced. You just got married. I don't care. Whatever you're celebrating, want to hear from you. 416-870-6400 or 888-225-TALK because uh, that's what it's about. It's about sharing. So not always so ugly and down. We want to share some good stuff too. And hopefully at the end of it, we're helping each other. But you know, I'll tell you what, it, it, kids today need, really need a lot of help. Teenagers, we need a lot of help around managing this stuff. Um, anxiety, depression, low self-esteem, you know, suicidal thoughts, uh, fear of the future, panic attacks, you know, whatever. Uh, just a plethora of stuff, right? And um, least of which is not, um, you know, eating disorders. So, you know, kids in general, I don't know what kind of house you grew up in. I grew up in a house where, you know, we had a lot of people over for Friday night dinners or for different um, holidays. You know, I'm going to come from a 
Jewish family. So, you know, we used to have a lot of family gatherings for different holidays and so on and so forth and tons of food, tons of people, you know, not one meat. I remember my wife said to me, well, I remember first coming to your house on a Friday night. Your mother served three meats. Like, oh, my God, three meats. Anyway, lots and lots of food. Eat, eat, eat. So I grew up in a neighborhood where it was half Jewish, half Italian. So a lot of Italian friends. And, you know, the difference between eating at my mother's house on a Friday night was, come on, eat some more, eat some more. You look you look skinny. You haven't had enough. Put some food on versus going to my buddy's house down the street on Sunday night. It was manja, 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 right? Same, same stuff, same mom, different outfit, different uh, days we pray and such, um, if you're so inclined. But uh, anyway, eat some more. Don't eat enough. You're eating too much. Like, anyway, lots of kids I deal with, lots of, especially seems to be more so with female patients, you know, girls and boys, uh, where body image is a big deal. Uh, when they're going back to school. So kids are going back to school now, starting to really deal with stuff, getting ready to think about what it's going to be like to be on the campus again. Um, so we're admissions, in, 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 we're finding that a pediatric health care center in Ottawa, admissions had risen steadily from 127% above capacity in January to 223% in June when things started to get a little bit better. Admissions for eating disorders at the province's five pediatric hospitals jumped to as much as 223% above capacity in June as teens were struggling amid the pandemic with isolation, the article goes on to say. There's no question that this is the worst it's ever been in my experience, according to Deborah Katzman. She's a senior associate scientist and co-founder for the Eating Disorders Program at Toronto Hospital for Sick Kids, Sick Children. They know what they're doing. Like, they deal with this stuff. If you're fortunate to get your children into one of these programs, you've been and very, you'll be very lucky if, God forbid, you're in that situation. She has specialized uh, in eating disorders for more than 30 years, and patients being admitted to hospital are now are sicker with more health, um, intense mental health issues than before. A lot of severity of disorders increasing along with the rate of readmission. Patients are waiting longer for outpatient services and so on. We all know it's a mess out there. Uh, at the CHEO, a pediatric health care and research center in Ottawa, missions have uh, run steadily, as we said before. We're doing things in the way we've never done it before, according to Dr. Iserland, who works there. Many hospitals in the greater Toronto area where with beds for pediatric patients don't have robust programs. So people are being transferred, which is a real problem when you're transferring somebody because there's a whole aftercare thing, right? A whole part of having the family involved. Specialized nursing is required to pick up on symptoms. I mean, even where p- patients eat in an eating disorder program can be very difficult because they need a, a separate a separate kitchen area. They can't be anywhere near a bathroom with a door that locks. For those that go into the bathroom and purge, they need to be supervised. Uh, Maria Sigolias, uh, a community adolescent medicine specialist at Michael Guerin, uh, they've accepted referrals um, from all over the GTA. Seeing patients that are outside our catchment introduces new challenges. Preparing families for family-based therapy becomes very difficult to do. I- ideally, when patients are discharged, they take part in an outpatient program, she goes on to say, within one or two weeks of discharge. Wait times now are a minimum of four weeks and often are several months. You get where I'm coming from here? These kids are getting sicker and sicker and sicker, and we're not doing, we're not set up to do what we need to do to help them. But we're all over the pandemic, right? We're all over COVID 19, and we're losing children every day to suicide, to, to heart issues, to brain damage, to all kinds of things around this horrible thing. So here's what parents need to know. According to one of the kids that uh, wrote in this article, we're going to get on to talk about it here in a second and talk about who she is. Her name is Amelia Haywood. Uh, but she said, I didn't have control over anything in my life over the last year. Just accept, accept what I ate. 
So for her, it started off just about working out, you know, 20 minutes a day. Then the pandemic hit and the quarantine started. She wanted to stay in shape for volleyball, keeping up a commitment to eating healthy. Running felt like just a smart idea, nothing extreme, just a cool outlet. She did it every day, no big deal. And everything in the world is like people are dying, everyone's getting sick, you can't see your friends. It became really hard for her. And because I felt like I didn't have any control over anything except what I ate and how I exercised. So for months and months and months, as it stretched into the summer, with the restriction and intensity started to consume her, she made, started to make elaborate smoothie bowls and post them on pictures on Instagram so they give her, you know, and then she'd give them to her sister. So she'd pretend that she was eating them. And, and she would cancel on friends, you know, the, to fit in another run. She wore baggy clothes so her mother couldn't see how much weight she was losing. So there's certain telltale signs, right? Uh, I just went into there. Her, I just went into her. Eventually, her mother, uh, whose name is Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, confronted her daughter in her room this past winter. I just went in there and said, Amelia, I know something's up with you, and I'm not going to leave the room until you, you know, as long as it takes, she says, until you tell me. Take your time, but I'm not going anywhere until we have a discussion about this because I'm really concerned. Finally, she said, Mom, I'm struggling with food. And that was probably the hardest thing I've ever said, according to Amelia. So eating disorders like other diseases, you know, we're seeing other kinds of diseases, other kinds of horrible things that are really, you know, consuming us, right? We're seeing increases in this because of this, this pandemic, because of this lockdown, because of this isolation, the uncertainty, all of this, like not knowing what tomorrow's going to bring. I, I, and I get it. I'm a mindfulness guy. I preach it. I talk about it. I teach it. I live it. But you got to have some thoughts about what tomorrow's going to look like because you got to, you know, is it going to rain? Is it going to be sunny? What am I going to wear? What am I going to take for lunch? All that kind of stuff, some kind of planning. But it's difficult for us to think of what that future looks like, you know, like what, what's, you know, my, my wife's talking about going back to the office in October. Like, who knows what October is going to bring? And we're seeing this increase now with these eating disorders. 50% is a difference among people in their disordered, in their, in this, their disordered eating patterns are due to differences in our genes, according to the doctors, right? Clinical psychologist and associate professor at the University of Michigan says, uh, so we know certain people are more at risk for just for this just as baseline. Doesn't explain it, right? Environmental explains part of it. I sort of think part of it is gene or genetic and environmental interactions. So Amelia's mom was navigating. What do parents do? What do families do? Let's get to that, right? Because that's the important part of the conversation. What do parents do? So she was, she, she, it was like going through a maze, she said, according to her mom, right? It seems insane because if your child gets cancer, cancer diagnosis, God forbid, which is a truly awful diagnosis, no one's a winner here. And any of these diseases are terrible, but there's a protocol for cancer. There's a protocol for some of these other illnesses out there. There isn't a universal protocol for eating disorders. Can you believe it? In this day and age, in 2021. What so many others have done before is talk to other pa other parents, other patients. You know, what have you tried? What works? What doesn't? Are you seeing this? So she did that kind of stuff straight up front. Um, she got a she got herself a got her her daughter a therapist uh, ahead of time. But um, we, we're we're finding that you know they're trying to teach uh, parents and caregivers how they can put their loved ones on the path of recovery so they don't lose more ground against the eating disorder while waiting for treatment to start. Uh, every treatment is different. Get attention now, they say. Um, go see a doctor, find a psychotherapist with an eating disorder specialty. But there's, the, the article goes on to talk about the, the physical part of the disease, right? So when you're building a support team, the first thing to do is you want to go out and treat the brain, right? But if someone has an eating disorder, the first thing you want to do is build a, build a team. 
uh, you know, psychotherapist who specializes in eating disorders and so on. But in order to do that, you need to look for certified nutritionists and dietitians and people like that who have experience working with adolescents during the stages of recovery. So you can ask your doctor or therapist, but you have to understand how this illness works. So before you can get your kid mentally ready, you know, psychologist, psychiatrist, somebody like that, they have to physically be ready because if the body's response to the restricted eating is both biological and physiological, right? So malnutrition makes us more irritable. You know what it's like. We've said this before in other shows. If you haven't eaten, you're just kind of cranky that day, you know. If you don't have lunch till like 4 o'clock, by 2, you're a little edgy maybe, a little, you know, a little cranky, maybe you don't have as much patience. <clears throat> so malnutrition has a very affects our brain in, in many many ways so it makes it difficult to make you know simple decisions sometimes so in the early phases of the, of the disease you have to deal with the biological effects of the starvation and, and by the way this is an eating disorder where there people are starving themselves there are many eating disorders where people are eating themselves to death which is a whole different concept a whole different uh, method of treatment a whole it's all around the same obsessive behaviors but you know it's a different a different tactic so she first found the therapist for her daughter, and then she didn't really understand that the eating disorder was actually undercutting the treatment. So she didn't realize at the time, she says, and I didn't fully understand it, that when your child is medically unstable, they can't process therapy. Same would apply, by the way, with uh, drug addiction or alcoholism or other forms of disease. Until someone is physically ready, they're not mentally capable of handling the therapy that, uh, that you might want to try to help them get, right? Don't give up, they say. The experts say recovering from eating disorders is possible, but relapses and setbacks can be part of the process, as with any other disorder, by the way. You know, relapses with mental health disease, with addiction and so on, it's just part of the process. Hopefully not more, but less. But it happens. And willpower alone, like just, you know, hoping that your daughter or your son or whoever can just or whoever is in, you know, has the issue, since we're talking about kids, that, you know, it's not just willpower alone. Well, you can stop that if you want to. No, it doesn't work like that. If they could stop it, they would. Same, same goes for people who drink and use. They have to be at that stage and learn the skills they need to be able to do that. Uh, when Amelia was first hospitalized, doctors suggested inpatient treatment. Um, she's now six months after her diagnosis. Uh, she, her mother feels like we have her back. And Amelia wants others going through this to know that they're not alone. So she says, for people who are struggling, just know that it gets better. The really hard time is temporary. I'm six months out, and I'm starting to get activity back in my life so I can hang out with my friends and my, and my life uh, how I want to live it. And I now know it's really hard to recover and really hard to reach out. But at the end of the day, it's so worth it. And you know what? I would say the same for anybody who's struggling with anything. It's so worth reaching out. And you can do that right here, right now, 416-870-6400 or 888-225-TALK. If you need to reach me any time uh, after the show for any reason, if I can help you, 877-777-5808. That's where you can reach me privately and personally, and uh, I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as possible. When we come back, we're going to talk about planning a wedding um, and uh, how do you do that if you've got some mental health issues, in this case, an eating disorder? Makes it a little bit funky, right? Be back in a minute. Yona Bud, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to Road to Recovery with Yona Bud, only on 640 Toronto.
planning a wedding and you don't have to have an eating disorder. Just how do you deal with, you know, 45 people instead of 112 because the list is so short because you're only allowed so many people in the hall? Or how are you dealing with, you know, if you have to plan something and masks for everyone? And how do you, you know, like, how do you take pictures when everyone's wearing a mask? If you've had to plan for something, some kind of party, I want to hear from you as well. 416-870-6400 uh, or toll-free 888-225-TALK. we got about eight minutes. We can work together here. Next week is a two-hour show, right? So um, 9 to 11, we're starting uh, the fall season. So for the wintertime and the fall will be two hours from 9 to 11 on Saturday. So really interesting stuff. We're going to talk about back to the future, back to work, back to school, back to teams and all that stuff. Are we ready? Are we getting ready to do this? And the election, like seriously, we don't have enough to worry about. Now we got to deal with who we're going to vote. For anyway, planning for some planning for a wedding, you know, puts additional pressure. But especially for since we're talking, you know, still a little bit here about eating disorders. You know, for a bride, you know, I, I, again, I'm I'm a guy. I've got sons, uh, but I have daughter-in-laws and one to be soon. And um, you know, for a bride, it, you know, it's a big deal the dress and how you look and too heavy and you know whatever and you know so and and there's you know and if you look up like preparations for weddings they've got all these spots all these sites for bridesmaid boot camps and you know rapid wedding weight loss programs and bride to be stuff and anyway there's a there's a young lady she her name is uh, Leah Brown and her issue is she was losing weight like crazy up which is the opposite of her goal She's trying to put weight on because she has an eating disorder. She wants to fit into her dress. So to fit into her dress means she needs to put weight on. You know, when I used to fight, when I used to box, one of my things was keeping weight on, not taking weight off. Because my metabolism was so fast, I couldn't keep weight on long enough to stay in a particular weight class. Anyway, she started manipulating her food intake and exercising excessively underweight. She became terribly underweight, dangerously not well. Um, she made her feel real angry, she says, and continually reinforcing the idea that women have to look a certain way. So she changed the whole dynamic around preparing for her wedding. And she bought a wedding dress from someone who was so kind, she says. She was so supportive. She said, don't worry about it. I'll fit it. I can make it fit any size. If if you put some weight on, I can let it out. If you lose some weight, I can take it in. She said that just made it really feel better for me. So I think a lot of it has to do with the people around you, right? Making sure that the people around you are supportive and saying the right things so that you feel better about the process, right? She goes on to say, I don't want to look back at my wedding and think I spent my wedding day worried about eating cake and sweets lying around, she said. So she wanted to get better, right? When it came to sampling her wedding menu, she said she felt determined to eat because I thought I'm not going to wreck this opportunity. So she said it was really about how people were going to perceive her and how, how she was going to you know, start thinking about herself. And that's really when the treatment starts, is when we start looking at how we feel about ourselves as opposed to when we're doing it for other people. And the eating disorders, by the way, can not just affect your waistline and, you know, the fact that you look gaunt and, and, and ill, frankly, um, but her teeth were falling out. I mean, she's a, you know, if you look at the picture, she's a beautiful woman, uh, successful in her business. Uh, she went to a, a trip to the dentist. She had like 11 cavities. All her teeth started to, to chip and the doctor didn't know what was going on so he wasn't sure what what was happening but it's because of being malnutritioned right so malnutrition has an impact on your brain on your body on your teeth on your organs on everything uh muscle mass and so on so it's really something that you know you can't take lightly and i'm not talking about people who are on a binge diet right so you want to lose 15 pounds so you're on a binge diet for 90 days you're careful about what you're eating but you're not eating and going in the bathroom to throw up or you're not pretending that you're eating when you're not or pushing the food around 
And, you know, eating, eating issues um, are one of those behaviors. If you remember the article, previous articles, uh, previous segment, you know, it's one of the things that, that, you know, she was able to do. One of the things she was able to control is what goes into my body and how much exercise I do and don't do. So many people don't understand that they look at someone in a malnutritioned body and think she's sick. And then they see someone in a societal acceptable body and think that they look, just look better. So what's, what's acceptable? What's normal? I don't know. I was looking in Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit edition. Yeah, I got it. I bought it. I picked it up. I went shopping for magazines, bought like 30 of them. That was one of them. I shared it with my bride. It's not like I'm sitting there gawking on it in the room with the door closed. But I really love to see the section of what they're determining they call plus women's sizes. I just call them full-figured girls. And, um, you know, they're beautiful. They're stunning. They fit their clothes wonderfully. The outfits are stunning. They look sexy and sensual and all the things that they're trying to strive for in this particular, in this particular issue. Not everyone looked like a size two. <clears throat> there were some 14s there too and maybe even a 16. And you know what? They looked wonderful. You have to be comfortable in your own skin, not the skin that other people want you to wear. Whether it's the clothes you're wearing, whether it's the way you eat, whether it's the color of your hair, your hairstyle, the type of shoes you like to do, wear, you know, where you're living, you know, you're, it, you have to be comfortable in your own skin, not what people want for you. And everyone cares about us. I get that, right? I really care. I get that people care about us. We have loved ones. People want the best for us. But at the end of the day, it has to work for you. And, you know, you need coping mechanisms, right? She said that going in this article that increased, uh, this is coming from a girl, her name is Nicola Armstrong. She's actually the national officer for U- for the UK eating disorder organization Beat in North Northern Ireland. And they put on weddings such as, uh, put on events such as weddings uh, and help people take the societal pressure off and so on. Increased stress or pressure can trigger eating disorders, behaviors such as seeking to control food or exercise as a coping mechanism. Eating disorders are serious mental health issues, illnesses, and they're highly complex. They affect people of all genders, backgrounds, and ages, and there's no single cause for them, she said. As soon as you have a concern for your loved one, go to your doctor and get help as soon as possible. I would say that for any behaviors that you're concerned about. But what's really important to understand is that people have to, you know, we have to understand that people need to be comfortable with who they are. And, you know, and if if, if I'm comfortable, you know, being a little bit bigger than I would normally be if I had my choice, you know, I'm certainly bigger than I was in my 30s and bigger than I I was in my 40s. And I kind of tell myself, well, at this age, if I get sick, it's nice to have an extra 10 pounds just so I don't look so gaunt if I'm in hospital. But, you know, thankfully, I don't get sick and I don't end up in hospital. And it's just an extra 10 pounds. So, but you know what? I worry about it. I think about it. It bugs me a little bit. And then I just watch what I eat and I'm okay with it. But that's me, right? You know, I, I don't obsess over it, thankfully. It's not one of my OCD things. It could easily be. But that whole concept of being comfortable in your own skin, doing what's good for you. And if mom says you look too fat, lose some weight, you say, you know what, mom, appreciate the feedback, but if you can't say something nice, don't say something. Or you're too skinny, you need to put some weight on. Come on, you know, like, we've got to watch what we're saying. And, you know, I, I get where it comes from, and it comes from a good place, and it comes from, in, in a lot of places, it just comes from tradition and, and just history of, of how you're raised. But, you know, forcing your kids to eat is not the way to go, right? It's just not the way to go. Forcing your kids not to eat is not the way to go. Oh, you've had too much. Put that cake away. You can't have a second helping. Can't have kids getting freaked out about food. Can't have anybody getting freaked out about food. It's just not healthy. 
It's healthy to eat properly, to get exercise and to do the things you need to do. And talk to a therapist if you're using food to struggle to help with your struggles. If you're eating, using food to help cope, talk to somebody about that because we can help you. That's what we do. Really appreciate you all joining me here tonight. It's wonderful to have you. Appreciate the callers. They're very brave. Uh, we want to hear from you next week when uh, you come back. 9 o'clock. So if 10 o'clock's too late for you to make calls because you're tired, make them at 9 o'clock because we're going to be here from 9 to 11. We're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff, but primarily getting back to the future. What does the future look like, and are we going to be ready to get back to it? Doesn't mean you got to get your DeLorean. If you had one, it would be cool, though. Doesn't mean you're going to get your DeLorean to drive off. It just means we're going to get ready to rumble in a different way. So we'll see you next week. Have an amazing week. Remember, love the one you're with. Give them a hug and a kiss for me. And uh, make it make it the, the best week possible. We'll see you Saturday night. This is Yona Bud, 640 Toronto.